Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. Want to join a bank that just gets Defence Life? Defence Bank is one of Australia's largest customer-owned banks. They have 33 on-base branches across Australia, an award-winning banking app that allows you to do all your banking wherever and whenever you want. And with products and services tailored for ADF members and Defence spouses, you'll wonder why you didn't join sooner. Visit defencebank.com.au today and see how easy your banking can be. Welcome to the Military Life Podcast, Kristen. Thanks for coming on to the podcast and sharing your journey with us. Can I start off with asking how long you've been with your partner who's in defence and where you met? My fiancé and I have been together for five years. We just had our fifth anniversary on Monday and we actually met on Tinder. And so when you met on Tinder, was it that you were in the same location? Was he posted to the same location? Like how was it working with Defence in the picture and where you were living at the time? We were in the same location and backstory, he actually discharged from the army three weeks before we met. So he was actually in my location because when he discharged, he was living in Darwin because that's where he was posted to. But once he discharged, he decided to live uh, in a different area where his brother was living as he missed out on some time with his nephews when he was in the army. So he wanted to sort of have a change of scenery from the heart of Brisbane where before he moved to Darwin was living and then decided to live in a different area with his brother once he discharged. And that's how we matched on Tinder. It's a whole 360 really now coming back into it. When you met, his background was defence, but he just left that world. Did defence come up in conversation about what he used to do in his job in defence and why he decided to discharge and how did that form the basis of your relationship and you thinking, well, that was kind of in the past. How did that work? Yeah, definitely. As we were getting to know each other on Tinder before we'd actually met face to face on our date, he had said just discharged from the army due to he'd done his four years and he chose a job in a way coming out of school. He just chose a job in the army that he thought would suit him. And then once he'd actually gone in, he's met some mates. And being only 18, he followed those mates into the jobs that they were doing. Essentially, he's discharged due to not enjoying the job that he was doing. And at the time, he was 23, I think, when he discharged, almost 24. So at the time, the defence life wasn't for him. He didn't like the regimental side of it. He just decided after his four years that he was done. When you met, he's still pretty young. He's still got a couple of careers ahead of him when he's discharging out of defence. What sort of path was he on and how did defence come back into the picture? He struggled actually going into civilian life. He found due to the job that he chose in the army, he discharged with no really relevant qualifications for civilian life. So He found himself struggling to find a job. He had actually had to result to go to Centrelink and get some financial assistance because he wasn't getting work. He'd ended up doing cash jobs with removalist companies and then went on to different jobs from there. So he'd been out five years. He decided with the jobs that he had done, so he'd moved on from the removalist job and got into water technician 
progressing into a swimming pool technician, which he enjoyed at the time, but he couldn't progress from there. And I think once he started to get older, as he's 28 now, he lost that drive with his work. So was applying for police force. He had applied for firefighting. And then it was kind of like a 360 on thinking of going back in. And then we had that discussion because I, I feel like I essentially encouraged him because at the time he was like, oh no, I decided that the defence wasn't for me. But then when he researched into the Air Force instead of the Army and a job that he was actually really interested in is researching more about it, that's when he really got that interest and decided, yes, yeah, I'm going to reapply. You mentioned that you encouraged him to look into that option. What did you think defence life would mean for you on that side of things? Obviously, it's a joint decision. You are engaged. You've been together at this stage now. You've been together for five years. But at the time when you were encouraging him to look at the RAF, what were you thinking that would mean for you and your relationship? I definitely knew that it would be tough because He had been out for five years, which when he was reapplying, there was a time frame that he could go back in without having to go back to 1RTU and do basic training. But he missed that window. So I knew that he would be away for the initial three months and then the IETs after that. So I knew that there would be some separation in our relationship. I guess at the time when I was encouraging him and because it was such a long process and a long journey, I don't really think I thought about it until it got closer and closer because it was one hurdle after the other. It was medical checks. It was this, it was that. And it wasn't right until the end that we got that final answer that he had been accepted that I think I then thought about how it meant for me but I think in the back of my mind at the same time I was thinking it's just a short-term loss for the initial basic training of the three months being apart for the long-term gain of him loving the career that he's about to embark on and really being passionate for the job I see that drive and I see him light up when he talks about it. And when he was researching things for his assessment day and and panel interview, I could really tell that it's something that he really, really wants to do. I do think that at the time I was just thinking, I've got to just get through this three months and then take what's next. I don't know what that is. So (laughs) rolling with the punches. You don't want to see your partner lose that spark for their employment and their career and not be enjoying what they're doing Monday to Friday. But you seeing your partner go through that essentially gave you another reason to be even prouder of him for looking at that option of the RAF and being passionate about going back into the defense force because you could see that he was getting that spark back. But obviously it doesn't counteract all the sacrifices, the separation and the things you're going to have to go through because of him going away to training and the commitment that he has to give to that. But you know what he was like and what his mental health was like and how he was when he was in employment that he wasn't enjoying. Yeah, definitely. Because he was still in the job that he wasn't enjoying while the application was going on in the background. And yeah, each day I was just watching him get downer and downer just because he hadn't heard back yet or it was such a long process and he was still having to work in the job that he was doing. He just didn't have that 
passion for it all that drive and he honestly just couldn't wait until his enlistment day so it's definitely something that I'm keeping in the back of my mind and at the same time he's having to go back through that same thing that he did 10 years ago when he enlisted in 2013 having to think about that as well that we're both going through a tough time now but hopefully this is going to set us up for the future. What was his thought process like when he was reapplying to go into the Defence Force, going from Army to RAF? There's differences there, but he's comfortable with probably the processes that are happening because he's been there, done that before. But the difference is that he has a partner and a fiancé to consider when he's rejoining Defence. Was there any differences that he spoke to you about or things that he hadn't thought of previously, but now you are going through it together, that there were extra conversations or extra things that he was thinking about when he was considering the RAF? Yeah, I think definitely he was considering my feelings towards the separation. But then also, if we were to do multiple postings, it somewhat jeopardises my career as well. So I did a year of nursing study. And then as my new year was coming around, he had been accepted at the time. And I think at the time, it's not that I put my career on hold. It's There was a lot of other factors towards it. We just wanted to focus on him getting through and getting through the training and then seeing where his posting was until we figured out with my nursing study on where it would go. But we definitely had those conversations on how it would affect me having that separation, but then also my future jobs. If we get a different date, I would have to get a new job and how that would look for me. So we definitely had those conversations, but I think it was definitely, this is going to set us up for the future. And he definitely didn't take going back into the Defence Force lightly because he had said, The reason being that he left was because he just felt it wasn't for him. But then being out, being in civilian life and doing the jobs that he was doing and he had that time away. And I think he was so young at the time as well, enlisting and discharging, he was quite young. And now that he's getting older, we started thinking about we're getting married next year. And then after that, we want to have a family. So thinking about that sort of thing, we want to build a house, those sort of things that I think were driving him as well. He had a look online and had a look at the jobs that would be suitable for him or he'd be interested in. And there was actually only one. And he said, you know, multiple times, if I don't get accepted to this job, then that's it for me. I'll move on to something else because he didn't want to go back in unless that was the job that he got. And he luckily did get that job. Because he has had that experience in the army, he knows what's required of him in the role that he did in the army. When he was researching the RAF, could he see the differences between army and RAF and the requirements of both services? RAF have longer postings. If you get a back-to-back posting, you could literally be in a location for six years, which is really appealing to some people. There are different jobs in the RAF that may not require as many exercises like army. Were, Were those kind of things a factor? Yeah, I definitely think so. There was a job that was very similar that he had chosen in the Air Force but it was actually in the army. But I definitely think those longer postings and the job that he's chosen, there's actually only two possible postings. So I think that was a big factor as well. And 
yeah, like you'd mentioned, less exercises. And I think that was a big thing for him and the army because he was infantry. So he was always on exercise for six weeks on end. And I think that was probably definitely a big factor. But I think as well, not that the army don't consider family or anything, but he had heard a lot about the RAF that they are more considerate, I guess, about family and they a little bit more lenient. And going into 1RTU as well, he has definitely seen a difference. Just for an example, he's allowed to have his moustache, which, you know, in the army, he had to be clean shaven. And that was just a shock to him that he could have his moustache. He obviously shaves the rest, but he can keep the moustache. And there was a lot of factors why he chose the RAF. The raft dig the stash. <laughs> the raft are very into the moustache. So, that's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a, something to consider when you're joining the different services, <laughs> whether you can keep that moustache. But like you said, it is really hard for someone that hasn't been in defence before to make the comparisons between Army, Navy, Air Force with those types of considerations because until you live it and you experience it firsthand, you don't actually know realistically what those requirements are. But because he has had that experience with Army, when he gets feedback from friends that might be in the RAF or does whatever research he can, being able to compare from that lived experience he's had in the Army would have been huge because he knew what he was looking for. And he's also going into the RAF in a different stage of life. Like you mentioned, you're getting married soon. You want to start a family. So those are considerations that he's also taking with him and keeping in mind, but also he's choosing the RAF because they have that reputation of more family focused and longer postings and more compatible with family life, which is huge because the main reason people leave defense is for family reasons. So if he can consider that from the start, that's only going to be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. What stage is your partner at with his training or with going forward into the RAF? Like what's happening at the moment? He is currently on his second week on course, but he did two weeks prior quarantine, but not really quarantine. They call it segregation. So basically three to a room, they get as much free time as they wish. They had their phones the whole time. Each pod was allowed outside for one hour a day to have a run around or something like that. And then after the seven days, they were all allowed out at the same time. So essentially it wasn't full on quarantine, like the hotels and like that, that sort of thing is more segregating three people to a room. And if one tests positive, then they all, just, the three of them just, you know, get it rather oh, than gosh. the <laughs> I don't want to be the second and third person that don't have it. And then you're stuck in the yeah. body person. But anyway, that sounds yeah. like a better system than 20 people getting it. Yeah. He had two weeks of that. And then this is his nearing the end now of his second week on course. He was actually course orderly for the first week. So he had the job of waking everyone up, making sure that everyone marched, making sure that everyone irons their uniform, that sort of thing. But that is rotated every seven days. So he's no longer in charge of that. But they've basically just been sewing their names on their socks and uniforms and everything like that, getting their rooms in order, learning the march. And then they were issued their ceremony uniform. He has been lucky, though, that he has been able to have phone time for 45 minutes at night time. 
which is another thing that he can compare to Kapuka because he had said it was like five weeks until they got their phone for 10 minutes, make a quick call or something like that. So he said that's been a good thing because going into it now, he's got myself, his partner that he wants to call and chat to. So the 45 minute phone time has been good. Unfortunately, though, it has been interrupted a few times. I got a call the other night and we'd been on the phone for 10 seconds and then the fire alarm went off. So they had to do a fire drill. And then the other night, same sort of thing, 10 seconds, and then they got called for a meeting. So it's still been really good to be able to talk to him. I think it's just been an adjustment because having him live here in the home forever, 24-7, coming home of a nighttime with his other job that he had and then, yeah, not being here and then sort of not knowing if I'm going to hear from him or not has definitely been an adjustment but yeah that's where he's at at the moment with the training. Nine out of ten defence spouses wish they found out about Defence Bank sooner. Okay I might have just made that up and they do sponsor my podcast but I've checked them out and I think they're worth a look just for their banking app alone. It's award-winning and currently has a rating of 4.8 out of 5 in both the app and Google Play Store. It does everything a big bank app does with cool features like fast same-day payments, card alerts and controls, pin change functionality, savings roundup, spend tracker, the list goes on. Oh, and if you really want to go to a Defence Bank branch, you can. There are 33 on-base branches across Australia. And with many of their branch staff a defence spouse or partner, you'll be talking to someone who just gets it. Banking as a defence spouse doesn't have to be hard. For more info, visit defencebank.com.au. You've gone into that relationship and he had already left defence. You haven't known defence as playing a part in your relationship. So that's all you've ever known is seeing each other whenever you wanted to and not having any restrictions and living together and having that person there at the end of the day. How has that adjustment been going and how have you been feeling in regard to this playing a part possibly in the future when he is away on deployment or exercises or whatever's required of his job? The first two weeks, because he was in a segregation and he had full access to his phone, I'm not too sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but then I could still communicate to him. It was kind of like he was just away for work or away on holiday or something. And then it was like the communication had been cut and then I didn't really know what was happening from there. And the 45 minutes a night is also based on whether or not the squadron is well behaved. So not knowing if you're going to get that call or not has been a little bit sad, but I'm busy with my work as well. So that's been like really good to keep me busy. And I think I'm lucky since he left, I've been so busy. So I think that's really helped. But then I have had downtime and then like really missing him. I definitely do have days, but I think I just always revert back to it's a short-term thing for now. And then hopefully once he's posted, like I do know that he will go away a lot. So I think just adjusting and getting used to it, I feel like it may not get any easier, but you just adjust, just go about your day. The sun goes down and then the sun rises and you just keep pushing forward. How long will he be away for with training and what is your expectation when he's finished training? Does he come home and straight away get posted or what is going to happen? He has the 10 weeks at 1RTU and then from there his IEPs are actually all over Australia. 
He goes to Richmond for two weeks, Richmond and Sydney. He comes up to Ambly because we're based in Brisbane for two weeks, goes to Townsville for one week, goes to Adelaide for two weeks. I think he goes back down to Richmond for another week. And then he has three to nine months of ground and air phase training. But as far as I know and what he knows, that ground and air phase is actually on the aircraft that he would work on in the future. I believe that will be at his posting because they actually need to learn on the ground and air phase. They need to learn on the aircraft that they're going to be working on. I assume that three to nine months is actually going to be in his posting area. So hopefully at the time, if that's what's going to happen, then hopefully then we can look to relocate in that area and then we can live together at that point. But otherwise, if that's not how it goes, then we would just be separated for that extra three to nine months while he does his ground and air phase. And then once he gets to posting, that's when I would move and we uh, would relocate. We had the withdrawal from Afghanistan last year and the RAF was heavily involved with aircraft and ferrying people back and forth and going in with aid and helping that way. And then also with taking weapons to Ukraine and everything that's happening there at the moment. Has any of that played on your mind or have you looked at any of that and thought, I may in the future have to consider my partner being involved in something like that? I definitely have because every time that come on the news, Seamus has mentioned, you know, this is something that I would be doing. So yeah, it definitely has come up in conversation as much as it's a worry and a little bit scary. I just also think at the end of the day, it's part of the job and that's what he's going in for. And I think that's the exciting part that he gets the drive and the passion from as well. Previously in the army, he never got deployed. And that's essentially why he enlisted in the first place to serve the country and whatnot. In this role, that's especially what he's looking forward to. I just got to accept it and just pray that he'll do his job and be okay. So you mentioned that you had done a year of a nursing degree, but what is your field of work and how do you envision your career working alongside Defence Life and you do get posted to a different state or around the country? I know that you mentioned there's only a couple of locations that your partner can get posted to, but how are you thinking your career will work with Defence Life? I currently work for Queensland Health in administration. So in the administration field, it's essentially, I wouldn't say easy, but I mean, the volume might be quite high that I would be able to pick up administration work in whatever posting we're in. We really hope to get posted to Ambly in Brisbane. And that would mean that I can keep my current job because the distance that I do now is basically the same, if not less, if we were at Ambly. So I am definitely crossing my fingers for that. But if not, I hope that I could apply for New South Wales government and work in health down there. I think with just everything going on with him being away and him going and then not knowing where we're going to be posted and that all that sort of thing, in a way, I'm just happy to do my job with Queensland Health at the moment. And I'm not really thinking about if I'm going to pick up nursing again. It's a lot sort of happening, you know, with him being away. We're planning our wedding for next year. And once we get married, we hope to try to start a family. So then all those things are going through my head that I'm thinking do I just stay in administration until I 
have a baby and then after maternity leave think about what I might want to do and I'm not really thinking about that at the moment. You have both spoken about family planning and starting a family. Is the fact that whatever your maternity leave policy is at your current workplace, will that play a factor? And you say that you are hoping your partner to be posted at Amberley would be a perfect situation because like you mentioned, you could say in your job, you have all your entitlements from this job that you've worked in for however long. But if you did happen to get posted to another state, how would that work with maternity leave and transferring entitlements and things like that? Have you thought about that side of things? Ideally, yeah, it would be great if I can keep my current job. So then I do keep those entitlements. But if not, and we move to a different state, we would just resort to the government payment that you receive for parental leave. And then leaving Queensland Health, I would just take any pro rata for long service leave and any annual leave that I have owing to me. What information were you given about Defence Life? Did you do research yourself when your partner re-enrolled? Did you go along with him to the recruitment appointment? And did you get any information? Like how did it work with you knowing what was going to be happening and figuring out how Defence Life was going to work for you guys? I didn't go to any appointments. I was a Zoom seminar that talked about his role in particular, which is Loadmaster. And I sort of sat in on that in the background and listened about what missions the lady that actually spoke was a Loadmaster herself. So she'd actually spoke about personal experiences. That thing before he actually got accepted was sort of like an information seminar. But I definitely think that what life would be like in basic training would be helpful. And then unknown if you will have communication for weeks on end or if we'll be able to have nightly phone calls and that sort of stuff. And I think as well, there's so much going on for them that when I do get the call and I'm like, oh, how was your day? What did you do? He's so overwhelmed that he probably forgot what he did. And I think as a staff, understanding more of what they'll be going through during the training in terms that I can respect that if he's really busy and exhausted and he might not want or doesn't have time. For instance, last night he was sewing his name labels on his socks so he didn't have time for a chat on the phone. It was more just text. Just understanding what they're actually doing in training and what's going on. And it's crazy to think that I am such a planner and I'm so organised and now I'm just going into this new life where I just have to somewhat let go of that because I know that everything's going to change is something that I'm definitely going to have to adjust to. Some sort of manual or book, I think. Like you get the joining instructions, but that's more specific to the actual person that's joining. Like if there was joining instructions for families and spouses would be great. So you can understand what they go through and what to expect because yeah again like talking about his march out but we've got no information about that and I definitely think yeah something like that to prepare us for stuff yeah you don't expect them to be able to spell it out to you in a straight line because nothing with defense works in a straight line it's all unknown and it changes and there's not really any certainty Yeah. yeah exactly but even some communication just saying look we don't know what this will look like but 
as soon as we do know, we'll give you whatever information we can. Even that little snippet just makes you feel included and a part of the picture because you've been with your partner five years, you're going to get married, you're going to have a family, you are going to be on the journey with him and living defense life. So you deserve to be acknowledged as a part of that puzzle because defense life is going to impact your life also. Yeah. In saying that, obviously you found the podcast, you have maybe found some Facebook groups, like what sort of support mechanisms have you connected with and how important do you think it is to be connected to other defense partners on this journey? I definitely think it's so important. I think it was the second day said goodbye to him at his enlistment day and then I do a lot of data entry in my job so we sort of listen like our whole team's just plugs our earphones in and listen to the podcast or music and I had just randomly typed in military or defense or something to the search bar and your podcast popped up and I literally just binged the podcast for days on end and thereafter finding the military life Facebook group for my state and then just looking in that and finding anything that I may had thought about and wanted answers for. There's a lot of community pages, you know, Australian Defence page, Young Partners or something like that, which if you have a question or if you have a dilemma or you're just upset because you're missing your spouse or something like that, all the people on there are so lovely and help you get through it or if you've got a question they give you their advice or opinions or that sort of thing and I think it's definitely been really helpful and I've actually found one other spouse whose partner enlisted the same day as Seamus so that's been nice to be able to relate to her and message back and forth because they're at the same stage so we can relate on things that we have heard in conversations with them and thinking oh is this going to be the march out date do you think this and that sort of thing so being able to connect with other spouses has been really really helpful and they get it they just understand that's similar to what the actual defense member goes through only other defense members will get what they've been through at training when they go away exercise when they deploy we're on that journey with them, but we're having different experiences. So to have those people that we can each connect in with, the defence member has that inbuilt community whenever they post to a base or post to a location and have other defence members there who get what they're going through with their journey. On the flip side, connecting with spouses and the defence community provides you with that support and advice and mentorship kind of thing to help you get through your experience, which is often totally different to the ADF member. Yeah, definitely. Have you found out about any of the support and services that are offered through official channels? Like, have you found out about defense member family support and the different things that you're eligible to apply for, like the ADF health card and employment help through the partner employment assistance program and all those sorts of official things? Did you get any information about that stuff? I don't recall getting any information, yeah, like from defense themselves or any PDF that they'd to Seamus or anything like that. I'd actually heard of Open Arms and the other official ones through your podcast and on your website. So I didn't even know that the health program was a thing until I seen your website. So yeah, I'd only heard about the actual avenues that you can go through with Defence through your podcast. And we never received anything official from Defence to say that this is a thing that you can reach out. The only thing that in terms of 
assistance was like the emergency phone numbers that you can call while he's at one RTU. That was given to us if there is an emergency, but the other channels, I hadn't heard of them until I listened to your podcast. How amazing that you found this community and the other Facebook groups and things on day two when you were like, right, he's gone. Let's see what I can (laughs) connect in with. And then from there, you can go into your defense experience and experience as a partner, feeling informed and empowered about what's available and feeling connected to other people who are going through it because that's not always the case. Some people don't stumble across the information or the supports until they've been living the life for three, four, five years. And that's a long time to feel like you're going on that journey alone. So awesome that you've been able to connect in so soon on your journey. We are definitely so lucky in this day and age. My grandparents both served in the UK in the RAF and the army. And I actually caught up with them and they were saying phones, FaceTime was never a thing back then for them. So we are very lucky to live in the times that we are, that we can just pick up a phone based on that they've got phone time. But <laughs> If everyone's behaved. They, yeah, <laughs> but with social media and that we're able to make connections and your podcast, There's definitely so many resources in this day and age that we definitely are, yeah, lucky because, yeah, like my grandparents were saying, they wrote letters. So, yeah, and even though we can still do that and that is very special, it's definitely really special that we can just pick up the phone and we can see them through the phone. So that's really good as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kristen, and telling us about your experience of your partner re-enrolling and this time going down the RAF route and all that's coming with that. And it will be great to see how the journey pans out for you. And obviously you've got big plans with wedding next year and planning a family and all those exciting things yet to happen and your partner finishing his training and you guys going forward as a defense couple and defense family and starting that journey together thanks for having me there i so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode there are definite ups and downs to military life but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together we are all just doing our best so until next week you got this Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 